0: amen <laughs> Psalms 34 says I will bless the Lord at all times his praise will continually be in my mouth come on somebody I will bless the Lord even when it don't look good I will bless the Lord even when I don't understand it. I will bless the Lord his praise will continually be in my mouth I Come on, somebody. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Amen? Come on, can we do that? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. It's always good to hear the testimony of what God is doing. Amen? Because He is a faithful God and He is active on our behalf. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to have Cass with us. Uh, Good to see the smeltzers with us. Amen. (laughs) Did you enjoy that drummer this morning? Robin, thank you for bringing Brian. I'm glad that he's here. Good to see Miss Annette back with us. Good to be in the house. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Praise the Lord. How many know that praise produces? Amen? Praise produces. You know, when I think of 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from that which is evil. Rejoice always, right? Rejoice always even when we don't understand even when we can't comprehend what is going on around us we should have a praise in our mouth we should worship his name come on amen how I many there's so many distractions to keep us from praising god i mean uh, there's a, a a new documentary out talking about social media and how social media ha- is basically the puppet strings of our society because it is an influencer into the, uh, the, the flow of society, of, of the culture of our society and, and how so many people are, are, are so in with social media. Come on, oh me, ouch, oh God help us, right? I mean, it, it's amazing because, you know, when we had the flip phone, we didn't have much social media, did we? Some of y'all still delivered from it. Somebody else still carrying an old flip phone, (laughs) but once we received this pocket computer, if you will, that we carry around with us, we are constantly faced with influence right in our hands, constantly uh, directing us, constantly pouring information to us. We live in a world of information, a world that 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 constantly is trying to pour into us and shape and mold us but i want us to understand that if we are constantly focused on the words of this world it will bring a despondency it will bring an indifference and we need to be careful what we allow to come into the gate of our mind the gate of our heart because when we allow the image of the world to affluence us we might lose sight of what god wants from us amen amen You know, I would love to be able to read my notes, but sometimes I write in tongues and I can't understand it. That's joking, but I mean, you know. Why do you write so small, Paul Dyer? (laughs) But the fact is, is God knows our heart, and God doesn't want us to end up in indifferent towards the things of god but we we're so affected by things that we allow the world to shape our feelings we allow the world to shape our emotions and we ride these roller coasters we're we're worse than the stock market going up and down for every little negative word or positive word it rides up and down and it seems like the emotions of our society ride up and down with every little word spoken and we're so affected by those things that we sometimes get indifferent when we come to church Because we allow those things to creep into our uh, spiritual life because how many understand the things of the natural also affect the spiritual, right? And vice versa. And so when we're constantly walking with the social mentality of the world constantly influencing us, it can distract us from God's plan. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of the same mentality. I'm tired of being influenced or affected by the world. When I think of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and 9, the second part says how you turn from idols to serve the true and living God. And and when I think of that word idol, the word idol is actually a transliteration. Basically, it's taking the, the Hebrew word or the Greek word and it's using the letters to make the word idol. But the word literally means image. Somebody say image. Image. How many, how many know that there's a whole lot of images around us? You know, it's not, talking about, it's not talking about setting up some idol or some image within the church that we bow down and kiss or we worship. This is literally talking about images that we so allow to indoctrinate us, that we so allow to affect our everyday life. And he says, look, you have turned from these images, images to a true and living God. I don't know about you, but I believe there needs to be a turning from the images of the world to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And when we fix our eyes on him, everything changes. Everything looks different. There's a new perspective. There's a new ideal. There's a new way of living because our eyes are not on the world system, but the things of God. Amen. I'm tired of being down and out about the world. I'm tired of Uh, Going through the motions. I'm tired of going under and going backwards. I'm looking to go forward in Christ Jesus. I want more. I'm tired of the same. Amen. I want more. I want more of his presence. I don't want to leave church with the same heartaches that I walked in with. I don't want to leave church with the same heartbreaks. Leave church with the same old letdowns or leave church with the same old setbacks. I I, I want to know that I'm going in a different direction. I want to know that I've met the master and everything has turned. It's no longer the same. It's a new life. It's a new transition. It's a way of living that God intersects and changes my mind. Amen. 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 But can I suggest to you, I heard that amen, I love it. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) That's awesome. But can I I say that a lot of the issue relies on us? A lot of it is something that the weight is borne with our own response to the circumstances around us. It relies on our attitude and our actions and how we allow life to change us. So in reality, the problem comes with us because what are we doing in the midst of our chaos? Because we just said that praise will continually be in my mouth. Is praise continually in our mouth? Amen. I mean, we heard a song, when the praises go up. The glory comes down. Where sin used to dwell, grace now abounds. There is healing and hope and love all around. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. So we sing the song, When the praises go up. God's presence comes down. When the praises go up, the glory of God fills the house and everything changes. When the praises go up, this is what happens. Where sin used to dwell, grace now abounds. There's healing and hope and love all around. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. And if we know that, if that is the the heart that we understand, then why do we not praise God? Why do we... Allow the world's systems to so compress us and shape us and mold us that when we get discouraged We don't really truly go to God and say Lord. I don't know what's going on right now, but I praise you I mean look we praise praising God causes the walls to fall you can ask Joshua Because when he marched around the wall and he's praising God the the walls of Jericho had to fall praise can stop the fiery furnace because look You have to worship at your worst you have to worship at your worst because when, the, when those three Hebrew boys entered into the fiery furnace, they were not willing to compromise their commitment to the Lord. They were not willing to bow down to the enemy. They were worshiping at their worst and they were resting in their resolution because they knew that if God said it, they believed it. And if God wanted to deliver them, He would deliver them. If He didn't, they were still gonna praise His name because they understood that this world is not our inheritance, but we've got a home in glory and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise can stop the fiery, the fiery fire. The f- praise can quench the appetite of a lion. Just ask Daniel. Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to say, there's power in praise. There's power in praise. Hallelujah. I, don't, I remember a book I read many years ago called Prison to Praise. How many remember that book? What a powerful book because it began telling stories after stories of how praise began to shake the foundations of prison, how praise began to open doors, how praise began to bring salvation, how praise brought deliverance. Praising God is powerful and it brings the miraculous. Amen. Praise, the praise of God permeates the atmosphere and it, it becomes a productive power and, 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 and I believe that, there is, that that the power of prayer is a producer. When I look at those scriptures, I'm reminded back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1 and if you want to turn there uh, that is the text for this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1. It says the sons of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Karmie, Her, and Shavol. Now I know that might sound like, well, that's just a short text. And it's really blank up there. Oh, there you go. I said first as, long as I meant First Chronicles. Forgive me, gentlemen. Y'all had that first. Y'all love me up there, don't you? Don't you appreciate our media guys? Don't they do such a good job? <laughs> they put up with me, and that's a big job. That's a big job. That's a big, real big job. That's my writing in tongues again. If y'all want to understand, first that's First Chronicles chapter four verse one. The sons of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shual. You know, when I look at the scripture, I, I'm I I started looking and looking back, and you see every time it mentioned David, these were the sons of David, and it mentioned. Uh, who the son was, and who that son was by. In other words, who the wife was that produced that son. But in this scripture, it doesn't it doesn't identify the mother of of the children. It just says Judah produced or had these sons. So when I think about this, I look like Judah entered. How many know Judah means praise? What did Judah mean? Judah means praise, and, and so I believe Judah enters the church looking for somebody to produce with. Come on, somebody. Right? And, you know, when praise enters, praise looking for somebody that's going to be productive, somebody that's going to be able to carry and birth something. How many know the church needs to birth something? Amen? We're called the bride of Christ. We're called the body of Christ. We should be replicating. We should be producing something. And when praise enters, it's looking for somebody that's willing to produce. Come on. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but I've got to give something that's attractive. Mm -hmm. Even you, Ken, can (laughs) be (laughs) attractive. I love you. He's going to get me after church, I can tell. But when I say that, I'm talking about a heart that is right with God. I'm talking about somebody who's wanting to praise God for the right motives. I'm talking about somebody who has a mind that's wanting to be in tune with God. Praise is looking for somebody that has the right heart, the right mind, the right attitude that it can connect with to produce something. Amen. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I believe that so many times we get caught up In distractions that we come in, we hear the music and we say, oh, that's good. But do we really allow ourselves to get deep into worship? Do we really allow ourselves to let go and let God? Do we really allow ourselves to say, Lord, enter this house. And no matter what you say for me to do, I will do it. If you want me to dance, I'll dance. If you want me to shout, I'll shout. Lord, I'm willing... And I'm waiting for you to tell me what to do. And it's that kind of praise, it's that kind of worship that produces something powerful. Amen. Amen. And so when we see praise linking up with someone, and, and I don't know about you, but uh, you know sometimes the word hookup could be a, a, a wrongly in a negative sense. But I don't know about you, but I'm ready to hook up with Judah, right? I'm ready to get connected because when I get connected with Judah, it means I'm going to produce a Perez right so what does Perez mean Perez literally means a dispersion a cutoff a divider so when I'm connected with Jesus understand me. when I tell you when we get when we begin to praise God when we begin to worship God Perez begins to cut off something. It begins to shut off and cut away the things that might hinder my life to keep me from going forward for the the progression that God wants me to go. When I begin to worship God, Perez creates creates a dividing line between what the enemy has designed for my life and what God wants to do for my life. So when I praise God, it shuts the enemy down, somebody. Amen. Amen. Well I understand the enemy wants to come and kill still destroy John 10:10 10, 10, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly the Lord says When I begin to praise God, it allows the abundant life. It allows for God to come in and produce the abundant life in me, and it shuts down the enemy. Because when you and Judah get hooked up, out comes a Perez, out comes a cutoff, out comes a disperser of all the enemy, and it cuts the tactics of the enemy off so that every time he tries to derail me from the plan of God, I'm saying, In the name of Jesus, I worship you, Lord. Perez, come in, disperse the enemy's plans, break down the enemy's course. Shut him down right at the beginning. Amen. Every time he tries to remind me of my past failures, I can say, Lord, I worship you. I know who I was. I know who I used to be. But I lift your name up. And as I lift the name of the Lord up, the Perez comes in and reminds the enemy of his future. Amen. Amen. Somebody needs a Perez to step in, don't you? Somebody needs a Perez to come in and disperse the enemy's tactics, Destroy the enemy's tactics and drive him away. But not only does our praise, when we get connected with with Judah and we produce a praise, we produce a Hezron. The word Hezron means surround, a a surround wall to shut in or to shield When you get linked up with Judah, it will produce a shield. Isaiah chapter 59, 19 says, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. It will raise up a shield, a buffer, a safeguard against the enemy. Come on, somebody. How many needs a shield against the enemy? Amen, Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Understand that Hezron blocks all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We need a shield in the presence of God as we worship Him. He he shields us from every dart, from every attack of the enemy. No weapon formed against me shall prosper because I know when I lift up the name of Jesus, I'm under the covering of His presence. Amen, amen. True praise will create a shield that no matter what hell or havoc will come on you. you It might be at your doorsteps. It might be shouting your name. Just as Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But your, your praise can take you to another place. It can take you into the deep recesses of God. It can enter you into the Shekinah glory of God. Your praise can take you into the Holy of Holies. When you hook up with praise, it will produce a Perez that will divide the enemy. It will produce a Hezron that will bring a shield and a protection over you and it will also produce a karmi. When I look at this word karmia, it, it literally means vine dresser or, or harvest a harvester. First of all I, I need us to understand that there's a difference between a farmer and a vine dresser because a harvester a, a farmer harvests his own crop but a vine dresser harvests a harvest that they do not plant. Not only not only that, but he doesn't just do it when he gets around to it. Somebody said they, somebody said uh, they're tired of people saying, "When I get around to it." Just cut a few out and put "round to it" on it, and say, "Here's your round to it." Right? <laughs> but someone who is a vine dresser. Understands it's not just when I want to, but it's when God wants me to because the harvest is on seasons. Come on, somebody. You don't just harvest when you want to, you harvest when the season is appropriate. And let me tell you, when you begin to worship God, it produces a season for you. A result of your praise, God will put you in a season to harvest. A harvest means to inherit that which you don't necessarily deserve. The Bible calls it grace but I'm here to tell you I call it favor. Thank God that when I praise God it puts me in a position to to harvest that which I didn't produce but it gives me grace it gives me an inheritance in Him. I don't deserve what God has given me. I don't deserve the love that He has shown to me but yet when I praise God it puts me in a position to say here I am Lord. I'm yours. I don't understand favor. I don't know why I've got it. I don't know why the world Looks at me and says, How did you get there? How did you how did you get that? How do you walk in that? How do you how does your household experience that? I'm here to tell you when you praise God, everything changes, everything looks different. God begins to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you which you cannot contain. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, right? God produced a karma in us. Karma will cause folks to look at you funny. It will cause people to treat you different. It will cause people to talk about you. It will cause people to say uh, ask crazy questions like how did you get there and what did you do? I'm here to say all I did was begin to praise him. Bless the Lord at all times. His praise was continually in my mouth. And when I was humble and I was broken, God showed it to me. God opened a door. I didn't understand it. I didn't know why he did it. But all I can say is, I love him. I praise him. I worship him. I surrender to him because he is my life. Amen. How many understand this? That favor isn't fair. Everybody said, we know the Lord is gotta be fair around here everybody gets a trophy favor favors are always fair because when we begin to worship God in the presence of him we find favor in his presence you can go and sit on a pew all your life but let me tell you when you begin to get real with God you begin to get on your knees and you begin to seek his face he says he says, I will present myself to those who seek me with all of their heart. When you begin to get on your knees and seek the face of God, you will find a knowledge, you will find a revelation that God wants to give you because he wants to reveal himself to his friends who are his friends, those who seek his face, those who long for him, those who worship him even in the, even in the hard times. Amen. So when we praise God, it, produ- it produces a divider, a disperser, it produces a shield, it produces a vine dresser, a harvest. But not only that, it produces a her. When I think of the word her, I think of, uh, I think of liberty and noble because uh, he helped Moses to free Israel from the Amalekite. He helped hold the arms up as Moses was were, as Moses was there. Seeking the face of God, and, and as long as his hands were raised, they were finding freedom. They were finding liberty, but when his hands fell, uh, they began to be defeated. And so Aaron and Hur came alongside him, and they held his hands up. And as long as his hands were held, they were victorious. Amen? When we when we link up with praise, it will produce A liberty within us. It will bring things that we've not seen before. Her frees us from the opinions of others. Her frees us from from my past. Her frees me from the pain of my past. We have to understand that everything that we receive is not always free, but salvation is free. We get that. We understand that. But the Bible says, He who the Son has set free is free indeed. So when we hook up with praise, it will produce a liberty within us. But we have to understand that It doesn't mean it's always going to be free. It means that we may have to fight sometimes. Come on. Sometimes even in the midst of our praise, we've got to fight to get free. How many know that when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Now, it doesn't say that Lazarus just walked out and said, what's up, y'all? No, but Lazarus came out of that grave, and he was still hopping. The Bible says that he still had his grave clothes on. And it says, loose him and set him free. Even though sometimes God says, you're alive, you're no longer dead, you're no longer in the grave, there's some times we got to fight through the grave clothes. There's some times that we got some resemblance of the past. And the Lord has called not just us, but God puts people in our life to help us find freedom. Amen? That's why I felt the Lord impressed me to start celebrate recovery here because even though people are finding freedom from the sins of the world and being delivered they need a place where they can find accountability they need a place where they can find some people who will love them who will help them take off the grave clothes so they're no longer smelling like the stench of the grave come on somebody they got to be set free and so God through our worship produces a her in us amen so It is important for us to worship God because it frees us from distraction. It frees us from disruption. It frees us from disappointment. It's important for every believer to worship God because when we worship God, we understand it is a weapon in our hand. Praise is a weapon because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. When's the last time you've grabbed a hold of, 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 of something flesh? When's the last time you've kicked a principality in the nose? When's the last time you've punched spiritual wickedness in high places? It's a weapon. Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but made mighty through God, for four things. What are these four things? For the pulling down of strongholds. Somebody says, there's a stronghold in my house. Well, in the name of Jesus, when's the last time you walked around, slapped some oil on every door, saying in the name of Jesus, Lord, I praise you. This house was made for praise. This house was anointed for the kingdom of God. This house is a place where you will be glorified. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but made mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, for the casting down of arguments. How many know the enemy wants to bring arguments into your home? The enemy wants to to try to divide you, wants to try to upset you, but you can cast down every argument that the enemy tries to bring in when you begin to worship the Lord. Come on. Casting down every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. the when the world tries to tell you that you're this or that, you can say, I'm sorry, but the book tells me I'm something else. Come on. You might call me broken down. You might call me confused. You might call me out. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ has called me in. Jesus Christ has declared that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm no longer the past, but I'm the future in Jesus' name. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. It brings down every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me tell you, the enemy wants to put thoughts in your heads to confuse you, to keep you from reaching the potential that God's called you to do. But you have to recognize, this is the truth. There's no gray. It's black and white. This is the truth. This is the living word of God. And when God says it, it doesn't matter what a theologian says. It doesn't matter what a a group over here has studied and tried to... try to make it say if it doesn't line up with the Word of God from Genesis to Revelations, then it is not of God. You can't take it out of context. You can't twist it. You can't do anything like that because if you do, you're you're trying to change God's Word. And we need to cast down every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. This carries the knowledge of God. This is God's truth. This is what we live by. This is what we walk by. This is... What gives us the ability to break through for everything that might hinder us in Jesus' name. Praise is a weapon that we use to get through the, all the havoc that the enemy tries to bring our way. It's through our encounter and our experience with praise that we are able to produce a herd the liberty that, that frees us from the bondage. And I tell you what, folks, we better learn how to praise God. Amen? Amen? I get it, you know, me being a, I know that I'm young. <laughs> I love y'all too. But I'm a, I know I'm a traditional Pentecostal. I, uh, you know, in these new times, they say, well, you know, you don't have to shout and preach. You can just talk so softly and nice to us. And I, and I apologize that I'm not that way Who for those of you who need that kind of preaching, you know. You can find it online. But I'm, 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 I'm a little more of a traditional Pentecostal. I, I get excited. I mean, somebody says, well, you know, why don't you be yourself? I said, dude, have you seen me watch Clemson? <laughs> I even was that way with Tennessee yesterday. I watched. I was rooting for them. But I get excited. I I, I get happy. I, 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 that's who I am. If I'm no matter if I'm at a soccer game, I've only got kicked out of one. If I'm at a soccer game, if I'm at you know football, whatever it is, I, I get excited. I get you know I like to I like to get up and what are you doing? I some I feel like I could coach better than some of them sometimes. How many how many. Uh, else is an armchair coach yeah uh I know why can't they put this person in huh but but the thing is is that we have to learn how to praise God it might not look like a traditional Pentecostal It, it, it may be with arms raised tears rolling down your face In silence. It may be down by pew crying out to God. It may be a shout. It may be you know crying out to God, oh God. But I'll tell you what, when you get desperate for God, your praise will cause you to do something that you didn't do before. It will break you out of comfort zones. It will cause you not to worry about if your eyeliner straight or not. It will cause you not to worry about is your hair looking good or not. It will cause you not to worry about what anybody else thinks because when praise enters in... All your purpose is, it's for God. It's not to stand up here and patty cake somebody. It's to say, God, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm here to worship your name. And when I worship your name, I know that I'm set free from the opinions of others. I know I'm set free from what else the world thinks of me. I am a child of God. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather, rather please my Father in heaven than anybody here on earth. Amen? Amen. My praise produces a perez, a divider. My praise produces a Hezron, a shield. It produces a carmia, a vine dresser, a her a liberty. But it also produces a showball. And I'm going to close on this one because he don't have no more sons. When I think of this word, it, it means to flow. So, some one said it means to an embracer of corn. I'm like, what in the world is that supposed to mean? It means a pioneer, a traveler. So when I think of the different meanings that it has, I think of this embracer of corn, and I understand in that day there was not necessarily a monetary system, it was a barter system, a trading system. Corn was used to produce wealth in in a form of currency. What I'm trying to say is that when we hook up with praise, God brings a flow of blessing and prosperity over us. Prosperity to some looks like filling your pocketbooks up. That's what a lot of people want to say. Give me $10 and it'll turn into that's $100. Not, that's not what I'm trying to say. But, but there's a sense when we praise God, it will produce an open heaven for us. Right? When we praise God, praise God means that we do give. We give of ourselves. We give of our our blessings, because the Bible says that, that we are to give of our first fruits. You know what the Bible says? And so when we see that our praise produces a showball, it, it is an embracer of corn. It is something that, that produces a blessing in us. It's, but, but it also, understanding that it, it, it's an open door for us to find the path that God wants us to be in. The point is, when we connect with Judah praise. It produces a show wall which you can find yourself going into a place where you've never been before. Not only will will he bring you into a place you've never been before but he will do it in a way that people don't understand. They'll look at you and say, how did you get there? How did that happen? He'll open doors that seem to be uh, as if they were closed for years and God will begin to open doors that you never thought would ever be open. When you hook up with praise it will produce uh, an attitude of Joshua in you. And I don't know about you, but I remember, when, I remember when God opened the door for us to go to Honduras. And I thought, Lord, what's, what's happening here? How, what are you doing? I was up in Kingston, Tennessee in a revival. And at that revival, the Lord had already been stirring me for missions for a while, but I, I didn't know what that looked like. I was going on two or three trips a year. And I thought, well, yeah, you know, Lord, uh, that's awesome. I loved it. I enjoyed it was standing at a, at, a, at a big map at the back of a church after the revival, I was pointing to Honduras. And a lady walked up to me, prophetically speaking, and says, the Lord is about to open a door for you to go there. And you're not going to understand it. People are not going to accept it, but you follow the Lord. You be obedient to God. And I went home and I'm shell-shocked. I'm I'm like, okay, God, what's that mean? What are you doing? What's happening? I didn't understand it. I didn't know the door was literally opening. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go to Honduras for a little trip. We're going to have a good time. Bonnie, you remember, it was so hard for me because I was was pastoring a great church, great people. Things were going well. We were seeing growth. and, And I'm thinking, Lord, I don't understand. Why now? We've went through the hard times. We've already faced the battles. We're on the upswing. Lord, I, why would I leave what you have planted me in? And the Lord says, do you trust me? When you begin to praise God, not everybody's going to understand it. Not everybody's going to, to grasp a hold of, not even myself. And I'm not trying to... Joshua 1 says... Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. And that's kind of what I felt the Lord saying. You're going to go over a Jordan. You're going to have to face some obstacles. You're going to have to face some things. But I want you to arise and go. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to worry. Because he goes on and says, And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you from the wilderness And these Lebanon, as far as the great river, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. See, I'm here to help you understand that when you begin to worship God, and God produces a showball in you, there's going to be some personal boundaries that God begins to expand in your life, there's some hindrances that have kept you from reaching the promised land that God wants you to have, but he's saying, there's a pioneer spirit that's going to rise up in you, there's a Joshua going to rise up in you, and you're going to walk in the plan of God, you're going to cross over your Jordans, you're going to cross over your obstacles, and I'm going to be with you in every place you set your foot it's going to be yours, because I'm with you, God help us To get in a mindset of praise Help us to understand That when we worship you We hear words that are Spoken to us Like in Joshua chapter 1 Be strong and of good courage For to this people I shall be able to divide An inheritance of in the land That I swore to your forefathers Be strong and very courageous and observe to do according to to all the law which I've commanded you. Because when we begin to praise God, we're not going to turn to the right or the left, but we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. And He will direct us. He will illuminate our paths. His word will be a lamp to our path and a light to us. I don't know about you, but I've got to praise God. (laughs) Because I know where He brought me from. I've got to praise God because this young, rebellious kid that was running from God, that was dabbling in everything he could get his hands on to to keep from fulfilling God's plan, from keeping from fulfilling the prophetic word that he had heard so many times. That's me. I've got to praise God because even in my brokenness, he found me. Even in the dark hours, he loved me through it. I've got to praise God because he blessed me. I got to praise God because he cares for me, because he delivered me, because he erased the penalty of sin that had marked my life that was against me. I've got to praise Him because He forgave me. I've got to praise Him because He gives me eternal life. He heard my cry. He justified. He kept me. He loves me because of His mercy, because He never left me, because He opened doors for me, because He paid the price for me, because He redeemed me, because He saved and sanctified and filled me with the Holy Ghost, because He took my place on Calvary, because the undying love He has for me, because He gave me victory. Somebody needs to praise God in the house. I don't know the circumstances that you find yourself in. But I'm here to encourage you that if you will connect in praise, praise will produce something in you that will transform your life. Praise will get you connected to the heavenlies. Praise will shatter the brass ceiling that you have been praying and it feels like every prayer keeps hitting the ceiling. But if you will keep on praising God, keep on praising even when you don't understand, keep on praising when it doesn't feel good, keep on praising even when it doesn't look good for the situation, knowing God inhabits the praise. And praise will produce something that will destroy the enemy. Something that will tear down the walls of the enemy. It will produce a shield around you to protect you. It will produce a harvest in you that the favor of God is able to be given to you even in your situation. It will produce in you a liberty and a freedom that only God can give. It will produce in you a pattern and a path that God opens a door for you to walk through. This morning, I don't know what barrier that you're up against. I don't know what battle that you're fighting. I don't know what struggle that you're having to deal with. I don't know what how the enemy has keyed in on you to cause havoc in your life, but I'm here to tell you